I literally was sitting there thinking, okay, when I lived in Georgia or, you know, my old me would have thought this, but the new me truly believes this. And it was like Mm -hmm. the opposite ends. You know how their questions, it's like that scale, you know, from one side to the other. And there were a couple where I had to really sit for a second and say, well, they both apply. And then, you know, of course the instructions say, pick the one you think describes you the best. So there was a Mm -hmm. little bit of waffling in there, you know, trying to kind of see where am I really standing now? And I tried as someone who's really passionate about strengths, I wanted, and very curious, I wanted to be as accurate as possible. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of The One, the only, the greatest podcast on the planet Earth. That's right, folks, Thematics. My name, as always, is Andy Sokolovich. I'm a Gallup Certified Strengths Coach and the owner of a coaching practice called Unleash Strengths, nestled right here in the small Midwest town of Clinton, Iowa. Thematics is a podcast series created to highlight the massive impact the Clifton Strengths Finder Assessment has had on now over, well, it's 12,941,039. I was prepared. Boy. I was prepared today, Grace. Uh, so <laughs> I distracted myself by, by swapping around windows here. So for more information or to schedule an interview for yourself, that's right. You too can be on Thematics. All that we ask is that you love your themes, you love the concept of strengths-based development, and you want to talk about. Go ahead and shoot me an email, Andy at UnleashStrengths.com. Give me a ring, 815-441-2219. Be sure to cruise on over to UnleashStrengths.com. Hit that subscribe button, and in doing so, you will receive a free copy of our ebook, Five Steps to Kickstarting Your Top 5, uh, written by yours truly. My co-host, the one, the only... Now with no food dyes and less preservatives, right. <laughs> the Grace Lacanti. Grace is the owner of Lacanti Consulting, and you can find more about Grace at Lacanti. That's L-A-C-O-N-T-E Consulting.com. Grace works hard to provide strengths-based training to management teams and groups. Grace, what's happening? What's happening? I am so excited to have just released my first ever ebook. Nice. It is live and you can, uh, our listeners can find it at theminimalistmanager.com. But what this was, was a basically a compilation of my story, my experiences in starting a challenge to try to become more minimalist thinking and how I work as a manager because most managers are totally stressed out and many of them suffer from depression, from yeah. anxiety, from like, broken relationships with their family members even. And I've struggled with this for years in different roles that I've had. So I I tried something new and it just totally changed the way that I see things. So I wrote a book to explain it. It's only $2.99 right now. And you can find it at theminimalistmanager.com. Theminimalistmanager.com. I'm just happy I said that. (laughs) Correct. Uh, We'll make sure we put a link to that in the show notes. And I am excited to read that because even though I do not manage anybody anymore since I'm out of the military, um, all of those things that managers suffer from, I suffer from them too. So I'll throw myself in that category (laughs) and I'm sure I'll get a lot out of your ebook. So congratulations. You can officially call yourself a self-published author. I am a self-published author. But go. I am also really um, interested to hear from our guest today because I'm on the same side of the ocean as she is. I should say we there's an ocean between us, but we are on the same side of the uh, continent in the United States. You could throw a bottle in the Pacific and maybe <laughs> she would get it. You're way the, over there, but I could kind of see you, Stephanie. If the tides were just right. So that's right. <laughs> Stephanie Rogers is on the other end of this call. And we asked her to come on here and be a guest on Thematics because she's got an interesting story. And she lives in Hawaii, which is interesting in itself. So Stephanie, who's at a coffee shop right now because her internet was all wonky at the house, 
She had to cruise on down to the local coffee shop and grab herself a double espresso. So you should be lively for this interview. <laughs> so, Stephanie, how's it going? Tell us about who you are and then reveal your top five. Hi, Andy. Hi, Grace. I'm so glad to be here with you guys. And thanks for the great intro. Yeah, so I'm actually in, on the island of Kauai, which is part of the Hawaiian Islands here. And so for me, I actually decided to retake my StrengthsFinder test because I had taken it for the first time about nine years ago when I worked in a corporate job back in Atlanta, Georgia, where I lived off and on for about 30 years. And nine years ago, I had uh, context as number one, individualization as number two, arranger, woo, and responsibility. And when I retook the test this week, I came back with number one as maximizer, number two, positivity, three, empathy, four, input, and five, strategic. And so I, I was very intrigued myself with that uh, tremendous shift, you know, yeah. in my top five. Yeah. Well, how do you feel like you re- relate to this new top five of maximizer, positivity, empathy, input, and strategic? I feel like those are right in line with me where I am in life right now and, and that I've gone through a lot of life changes in the nine years. Um, I had worked for about 20 years in corporate America and a lot of project management jobs. I've done a lot of uh, training and development and delivery, but always in a corporate setting. And I also had a lot of codependent relationships in the past. And, mm-hmm. and I made some big decisions and big changes in my own life and uh, put my house on the market in Atlanta and decided to sell that back in February of 2015 and just uh, leave corporate America and start my own coaching practice, doing life and career coaching and also using strengths as a basis for my coaching, um, even though I'm not a, a certified strengths coach yet, but that's something I'm really interested in pursuing. Um, but anyway, so I left Atlanta back in February, and at the time, I wasn't sure where I was going to move full time, but I knew that I wanted to leave Atlanta and have a change of scenery. So I really feel like my strengths, as they came back this time, really fit in with where I am right now. Um, especially around maximizer and positivity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I was interested. The one that I always loved the best out of my old strength was woo. And Andy, I know we share that strength. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was actually somewhat sad to see that fall off of my top five. Um, but it just moved a little bit down the list. Now it's at 12. Well, and that's what, you know, through coaching, I kind of have found. I mean, we all have all 34 talent themes. So it's not like that top five is you and those lesser talents that float down bottom of 33 and 34 don't exist. We all have them. It's just about how aggressive we use them, um, I guess, a majority of the time. And then we do see a lot that when there's major shift changes in our life, our priorities, and for you to sell your home in Atlanta in a corporate world and move to Hawaii or, or the Hawaiian <laughs> Islands, that is a drastic change. Um, I'm sure your lifestyle not only is a little bit different, but the whole atmosphere that you're in right now, I'm sure, is completely different. Talk to us a little bit about that transition, um, you can reveal how, why it took place, if it was just a way for you to kind of find, you know, a new version of yourself. And then tell us a little bit about what would your transition was like now living in the Hawaiian islands. So I was very, you know, when I worked in my corporate job, I very much took on a lot of responsibility in my role. And it was, a, I was in a global role doing knowledge management work. And even though I didn't I only directly managed a few people. I had a team in India that I worked with, uh, but it was a very fast-paced environment. And I spent pretty much eight to nine hours a day sitting on my computer on conference calls, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, so I really wasn't taking good care of myself. You know, I was spending a lot of time 
taking care of other people, whether it was at work or also in my personal life. What I realized, and I love to travel. My degrees from school are international studies and Russian language. And I'm, I had actually lived abroad in Moscow, Russia when I was in college. I spent my junior year in Russia and went back in my 20s. And I realized I had been in Atlanta for, gosh, almost 30 years of my life. And I felt like it was time, you know, just to get out and see more of the world and broaden my horizons and meet more people. And I also felt that for me to start my coaching practice and take better care of myself, that a geographic separation would be helpful, you know, for me just to live in a whole new place where I could essentially get a fresh start while still staying, of course, in touch with my friends and family back east, back in Georgia, um, but just having that fresh start. So, but I thought that I was going to end up in California or Oregon, like I love Portland and and I have um, friends and family in, in California. And um, But what happened was I had the opportunity to come with a friend uh, who grew up here in Kauai, and she is um, studying to become a health coach. And she invited me to join her for six weeks in Kauai, and this was back in April. And um, even though I didn't exactly know what that was going to look like, but she already had everything planned out. She actually was planning to create a documentary about her journey. So six weeks of mind, body, spirit, clean eating, you know, meditation, mm-hmm. um, exercise. And I thought, what a great way for me to kickstart better self-care, you know, than to go with my friend to Kauai and have this wonderful experience. So I did that. And I came here and we were here until the middle of May. And then I came back to the mainland to get my car. And I was going to a coaching conference in San Diego in June. And it occurred to me that I sat and thought, where could I be the most healthy, you know, and here in Kauai, there's a lot of organic farming that happens here. There are farmers markets on different parts of the island almost every day of the week. So wow. you can really, yeah. So it's, you know, it, it is a little bit like hunting and gathering. You know, um, there's only one main road on the island. There's no highways here, like no interstate. The fastest you can drive anywhere is 50 miles an hour. Oh, my <laughs> So there is a Costco on the island, but it takes me an hour and a half to get there. And that's only because you have to go so slowly. But so it really is a change of pace, obviously, from living somewhere like Atlanta, where I lived in the city, to coming here, which is almost like living in a rural area, you know, where you're a pretty far distance from a lot of things and learning to just live off the land. Um, And so that's been a huge transition for me. And it basically forces you to slow down and, and think about, okay, I'm going to be cooking more and, uh, you know, not living this fast paced lifestyle. And, and I wanted that, you know, so, but it's been a really interesting adjustment. That's great. Stephanie, I have had a similar, I guess, transformative experience (laughs) in moving from the Midwest to the West coast, um, just a, Uh a few months ago. I mean, it feels like it's been a lot longer, but, um, my, a year ago, my, my daughter had, um, some severe problems with behavior and it was just not normal for her. She was a sweet kid growing up. She was a perfect baby. She almost never cried. And then about one year old, she started to have some disruptions and just, you know, she would, she was a lot more aggressive than my other two kids. We chalked it up to personality, but after a few years, it got worse and worse to the point where we were desperate to find an answer. So we asked some friends and someone finally suggested, have you thought of food dye being related to this? And we're like, what? What What does that have to do with it? And they just explained petroleum food dyes can severely affect certain types of people. Um, so we, we purged our whole house. 
put everything in a trash can. And then the next morning we came downstairs. This was at Halloween. So it was all of the Halloween candy that had dyes. Oh, my God. All the right. cheese in the fridge, you know, all this food. Put it in the trash can. Next morning we came downstairs. Well, guess what was all over the place? Wrappers from all the candies. She had oh. dug into the trash and eaten half of the stuff we threw out. So after we finally cleared her system of this food, um, we went on a journey of trying to figure out how to help her to have the healthier, healthier lifestyle. And it transformed her. Oh my goodness. Her personality is so much calmer. She can focus now. So moving to the West Coast just in April of this year, our family has found so many other options to, to feed her healthy food that doesn't have additives or preservatives or chemicals or colors that are just not that common in grocery stores in the Midwest or the East Coast. Right. So I, I'm sure you have that same experience. I mean, what fresh food, what is that when you get it f- straight from the farmer? Or right. you, know, you can get it the day after it's picked. There's just something so beautiful about that. I know this doesn't have a whole lot to do with strengths, but <laughs> the transformation of finding a place that can welcome the needs that you have has really affected me. So yeah. in that yeah. way, I, I find StrengthsFinder to be similar to that. But just in terms of the food choices that you have in Hawaii, I, I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> it must be amazing. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, Grace and I were talking prior to you reaching the coffee shop and calling us back on your phone <laughs> about the fact that your top five changed. I mean, everything moved around and, and, and a, a theme that you valued, woo, dropped out at number 12. But I think that's the beauty of strengths-based development is people... I'm going to jump on my soapbox here, but here people, go. yeah, I do this often, <laughs> but people want to look at this as a magic pill, as the cure all for everything. And if you just give me these top five and I focus my efforts on those, everything's going to be perfect. And the reality is, and you've experienced it is no, it's, it's, you're, you're such a complex individual. We all are. We're very unique in our abilities and our talents and our talents express themselves in several different ways. And now looking at your number one maximizer, talk about maximizing an opportunity. You left everything behind to go to the Hawaiian islands. And then you came back to the mainland and turned around and said, no, I'm going to take full advantage of where I feel like I'm the best version of me. And you want back to start a life full of hopefully amazing things as a coach. To me, that is the epitome of somebody who wants to maximize opportunities. And you got to be a positive person in order to do that, or you got to see the good in change. So, right. Yeah, as as you speak, I right. see these. I mean, I just because, you know, nine times out of 10, when somebody's adjust or they they move around, all of a sudden what they want to do is take the quality of the assessment and throw it out the window and said, it's doing nothing for me. The power of strength is not in that top five. It's in the ability to recognize those talents within yourself, regardless of the order. Um, Absolutely. So. Yeah. And it actually was very eye-opening and interesting for me to take the assessment. And I was really curious to do the full one to see, you know, the whole ranking of Mm -hmm. where everything fell in the 34. I had never done that before. So that was actually really fun and interesting for me. And, um, but I think that around the positivity one, you know, I have always called myself an eternal optimist. I mean, ever since I was a child, I was the the diplomat, the one that wanted everybody to get in a circle and sing Kumbaya and, you know, (laughs) um, (laughs) even in my family. You know, I have an older brother, um, and I was always the, the calm one that was trying to, you know, um, be, like I said, be the diplomat all the time and, and help people be happy. And even on my business cards, you know, I call myself the eternal optimist. And, mm-hmm. um, so I actually was really, um, I thought that was very fitting when I saw positivity come back, you know, in my top five. 
And um, having listened to your podcast from last week with your guest that talked a lot about empathy, you know, that and a lot of what she was saying really resonated with me. And so mm-hmm. I wasn't surprised at all when empathy came up number three for me now. And, and an interesting thing for me is the difference between responsibility and empathy. You know, that in my old life, in the past, that I had, I felt a lot of responsibility, but a lot of it felt like it was out of obligation. Mm-hmm. So instead of being, you know, empathizing and, and using empathy or helping, you know, connect with people on a basis of empathy, it was more this doing things out of obligation, which is not the same thing, you mm-hmm. know, at all. And so that's been really interesting for me to think about. Yeah, that's a huge insight because I just had that that same experience today. It's so cool that we're doing this broadcast Ooh. today because wow. I sat down and it was, uh, you know, I've my friend said that I'm I'm buffering. So if you know what buffering means, a lot Wait, of people you're buff or buffering. Buffering, like when you, <laughs> when you go to a YouTube and your internet, both. yeah, when your internet connection slows and it's like you're buffering. Because I'm in a position in life right now where I'm buffering, right. and we talked about responsibility and not not responsibility and empathy, but I get upset because I'm unable to attend things that I used to because I feel obligated to be there. I have a deep responsibility to be there. Although the things that I'm truly passionate about, I have empathy for. I have a desire to get involved because I feel like it's going to make a difference or it's going to change somebody's lives. Recording this podcast, I never feel like when I sit down behind this microphone, like I'm obligated to do it. I want to do it. And that's the big difference, I think. And like you mentioned, just that responsibility. And if you have that overwhelming need to do everything that you've committed to because you feel obligated, yet you don't receive anything in return other than that that instant satisfaction of saying, okay, I did what they expected of me, it doesn't last long. And it's for me, it's kind of debilitating. Grace, what yeah. do you think? I'm just taking this all in. That's a lot <laughs> to process. <laughs> I mean, that your top five could change. That whole concept right there is... a still chewing on it. Um, I did take the assessment myself again, Stephanie, after seven years. And for me, the only one that changed was um, that I dropped out. I think it was, um, which one dropped out? Ideation dropped out maybe of the top five. And I, instead I got analytical in the top five. And I'm like, where did that come from? That used to be like number 16. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the, the reason that I wanted to do that was to see if it was possible to retake it and still have a consistent, true message. Actually, I was just talking about this with my husband. He thinks that when he first took the test, um, he was trying to be the person that he was he wanted to be. And I've heard other people say this, too. Um, I have some other clients that have said this, um, that sometimes they project what they would like to see in themselves or what they think they're expected to answer or even, you know, like there's some part of you that would like that to be true. Right. And um, if we're honest, I mean, it's so hard because you can't really, it's hard to take this test again once you know more about yourself because then you end up kind of guiding it. Mm. <laughs> but if, if, I mean, obviously there is, there is another way to do this though. If you do take it out of curiosity, a lot of times I think we can, if we're really honest with ourselves, the answers can really show a lot about how far we've come mm-hmm. to develop certain parts of the way we think. Yeah. So it sounds like that's happened for you, Stephanie. That's right? exactly, that's exactly right, Grace. That's exactly what happened for me. I, I sat down and took it yesterday and it was interesting wow. that some of the, some of the questions that came back or, you know, when I was looking at the question, I'm like, wow, I literally was sitting there thinking, okay, when I lived in Georgia or, you know, my old me would have thought this, but the new me truly believed this. And it was like oh. the opposite ends. You know how the questions, it's like that scale, you know, from one side to the other. 
And there were a couple where I had to really sit for a second and say, well, they both apply. And then, you know, of course, the instructions say pick the one you think describes you the best. So there was a little bit of waffling in there, you know, trying to kind of see where am I really standing now. And I tried as someone who's really passionate about strengths, I wanted and very curious, I wanted to be as accurate as possible. So I really, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, people will try to game assessments, of course, and and say what they think the system wants them to say. So they get the outcome they want to get. You really want to be woo, right? (laughs) I really want that word associated with me. Well, and I'll tell you a funny thing, a funny story, actually, about Maximizer. So, you know, I think people, and I know you guys have talked about this on, you know, with other guests on your podcast about how certain talents or strengths have certain connotations that come with them. Sometimes, you know, people have certain meanings that they associate with it. So when I was in my corporate job, there was someone who I worked with who was a maximizer and she, she was a leadership person on our team. And we all used to say that she could squeeze blood out of a diamond. Like she was the person (laughs) who was, she, you know, was constantly expecting more out of everybody. And we all felt stressed out dealing with her. And, and we always used to say, oh, she's a maximizer. And it was kind of this not necessarily positive, you know, connotation. So when that came back for me yesterday as my number one strength as maximizer, my initial reaction was actually, oh, how could that be me? Uh-huh. <laughs> and but it was because I was like connecting it to that old memory. And I went and looked at the description, you know, now of what that really means as a, you know, in our strengths-based world as a maximizer. And it actually does absolutely apply. And Andy, for all those reasons that you were saying, you know, I'm all about maximizing opportunities and seizing the day or, you know, trying new things to, to maximize the potential of a situation or, or, you know, helping other people come together and maximize their talents or see themselves in that way. Yeah, and Stephanie, you did mention in an email that you sent that your number 34 is deliberative and that that did not surprise <laughs> you at all. Do you care to, to build on that a little bit? Sure, yeah. That I, um, one of my goals for 2015 and, and part of my thought process around leaving Atlanta was that I really wanted to get back in touch with my intuitive self, you know, and my intuition. When I was young, I felt very connected and very intuitive. And then I feel like over the years of, you know, public school system and then, you know, going into a corporate job that I felt like that intuitive sense had sort of been beaten out of me. And um, so this year I said, okay, I really want to focus on getting back in touch with my intuition. And so when I looked at the description of deliberative and how it's so, you know, thinking everything through, analyzing all of the risks to every situation and, you know, just being very cautious and careful in your choices. That's basically the polar opposite of where I am in my life right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That I try to just listen to my inner guidance and check in with my gut. And I mean, I'm still practical. Of course, I have to be, you know, I'm part of my move from Atlanta involved. You know, I sold my house there. And as I've been starting my, my coaching practice, I've been, you know, living off of my savings and the proceeds from the sale of my house. So I have had to be very judicious, you know, and careful about my expenses and finances and whatnot. But in terms of making decisions about where to go and what opportunities to follow, it's been much more intuitive. And so mm. that's that's why it didn't surprise me when I really read the, de- the full description of deliberative. Mm. <laughs> now, did you... we talked about, we've talked about deliberative and maximizer on this show several times. <laughs> uh, maximizer is a strength that, um, just to define it, it's a strength that focuses on stimulating personal and group excellence. 
like reaching that top level that's better than it was before. And they seek to transform something strong into something superb, something exceptional. So I have had some, some challenges with this strength showing up in my life, um, both personally and in work situations. And I've talked about it in other episodes. But the main thing that I've learned in the past few months is that we all have annoyances and frustrations from certain types of strengths. And I think a lot of times, even if we know what our strengths are, we don't necessarily translate the annoyance of difficult people to a strength that actually has a positive role. It's helpful to have maximizers. I mean, this world would never get better if it weren't for maximizers. <laughs> so even though it's frustrating <laughs> to me because I have futuristic and ideation and woo and a little bit of woo input communication, I want to just share my love for things and then activate people to get them done. And maximizers come in and tell me, nope, not good enough. You got to make it better. You got to start over. That's not the way it should be. And I'm like, but I just put so much effort into this. Why should I start over? I've gotten the ball rolling. Mm-hmm. You know, I sparked the event. And um, maximizers aren't, aren't necessarily satisfied with that. So they keep me moving toward more excellence instead of being happy with just the, you know, what comes out the first time. So I guess yeah. I'm saying there is a benefit to looking at strengths from the point of a bird. <laughs> well, that's not the Hawaii. chickens, is it? No. <laughs> no, it is a bird. I love the ambient noises, though. <laughs> There's a but... benefit to looking at uh, the challenges that we have with other people's personalities and putting that in the context of what can I learn from them and how can I be thankful for yeah. that strength? So have you ever had a chance to uh, think of challenging people in your life, Stephanie? Maybe people that have told you that this wasn't a good idea and <laughs> thought through that from the point of view of strengths. Have you done that before? Well, absolutely. That's a great point. So I had an experience recently. There's a trail here in, in Kauai that's actually on the, it's called the Kalalau Trail. And it's on the list of top 10 most beautiful hikes in the world, but also Ooh. the top 10 most dangerous hikes in the world. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And it, it runs along what's called the Nepali coast of Kauai. Part of my big thing was, you know, as I mentioned, I wasn't taking care of myself physically um, in the past. And when I lived in Atlanta, I was very overweight. I, I had problem challenges with emotional eating. And so part of my decision to come to Hawaii was all around reconnecting with nature, you know, spending time outside, uh, overcoming some physical challenges and really opening myself up to hiking and things. So anyway, I decided to go on this hike with my personal trainer that I've been working with. Um, he's at my health coach here and he goes everywhere barefoot. And so you can hike in on this trail the first two miles to this beach. Anyway, so he and I decided to do this hike on Sunday. Well, we went barefoot, two miles in and two miles back out again. So four miles, and it's really cliffy, like very rocky. It was very muddy. Like it was, you know, and there was just a lot of fear of other people, you know, that were watching us barefoot. Like, are you guys crazy? You know? And so the reason I, the story came to mind was that I was telling a friend back in Atlanta about this adventure and how proud I was of myself. Like I felt, it boosted my confidence to do it. And I was, I felt so happy and, you know, like, yeah, I, I made this, you know, adventure and I survived. I didn't hurt myself, you know? And um, anyway, I'm telling him this and he was just full of worry and all, he's a very deliberative person and very um, risk adverse person. And he was very worried that me doing something like that, that I was just all this risk of injury. And, and so his perspective at first I was, slightly irritated, like, Hey, I want you just to be happy for me. You know, I did this brave thing and I 
felt, I feel really good about it. But then I realized that his, you know, he was just coming from a place of concern and love. And that was, and so it's that balance, you know, of having, I think it's good to have people for me in my life that help ground me and keep me from doing something really super crazy, you know, where it's so having that yeah. strength and, you know, balancing each other out. So we have that yin and yang. And I think that is important that if everybody was running around doing really crazy stuff, that might not create a very peaceful world. <laughs> is there an airport in Kauai? There is. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to fly there. Um, cause I want to, <laughs> cause I want to, uh, I, just heard I, the rooster crowing. I know I want to visit Stephanie and I want to, I want to do this hike thing. So, uh, I have, it's already on my bucket list and I'm All only right, 33. Well, I'll so I'll get them. Story. I'll send wow. you guys a note about the place. And also, you know, I'll give you my Instagram ID too. Cause I've yes. been, I've been posting. I, I love to journal. I love to write. Um, I started a blog. Um, it's actually called optimisticchick.com is the name of my blog. Nice. But what's been funny is I thought I would journal or, you know, blog about my whole, I drove all across the United States, um, in June from April, from Atlanta all the way to San Diego, California. Wow. And I, yeah, and I had this vision about blogging the whole time and then blogging here from Hawaii. But I also love to journal handwritten. You know, I've journaled since I was 12 years old. Mm. And what I found is I prefer to handwrite. And so translating that into blogging has actually been really challenging for me. Um, so what I've done here in Kauai is I decided to do a photo a day. So I say like today's Kauai photo. And so it's like a photo journal, you know, of whatever's happening. And then I write inside posts on Instagram and then share it across to Facebook as well. Oh. What's your Instagram account name? So Instagram is Stesha. It's S-T-E-S-H-A 100 is my Instagram ID. And Stesha comes from when I lived in Russia, my nickname was Stesha. That was my Russian nickname. And I loved it so much that I kept it, you know, as a nickname. I want a Russian nickname. <laughs> well, I speak you... Russian first. No, yeah. no. Andy, you, closet. I can give you a Russian nickname because actually Andrew is a very popular Russian name. It's Andre. And so, on, so your Russian nickname is Andrushka. Oh, that doesn't. <laughs> is that manly? Is that a manly? It name? is. It's Andrushka. A, it's, it's not Babushka. Right. Babushka is different. Babushka. No. <laughs> right. Babushka is grandmother. Oh, uh, yeah. Don't call Andrushka me grandmother. Babushka is your, that can be your Russian nickname. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. This is awesome. I like it. This is the greatest <laughs> interview ever. I'm learning so much. Plus, I have a new nickname. Um, plus, I have trip planned that I'm going to go visit and hike barefoot along the ocean. And it's going to be amazing. This is like how Stella got her groove back, but I'm yeah, going to be doing it. What's, what's yeah. the name of that trail, Stephanie? The no, dangerous trail. It's Kalalal. It's K-A-L. I have to write it down to spell it. K-A-L-A. Oh, gosh. I'll have to message it to you guys. Yeah, yeah we'll put it in the show. It's pronounced Kalalal Trail. K-A-L-A-L-A-U, I think is right. But it's actually an 11-mile trail. And you start, there's a part in Kauai that's called the end of the road. Because literally, there's no road that goes all the way around the island. Because where the Nepali coast is, there's no roads there. So you can get there by helicopter or by boat or by foot on this trail <laughs> and there's part of it that goes along this very sheer cliff. And if you fall, you fall a long way to the ocean and that's it. You know? So I didn't go to that part. <laughs> Hopefully that did not happen to your friend. She's still mm -hmm. around, right? No. Yes. Yes. Hey, <laughs> if I got to go, all. that's how I want to go. <laughs> nice. <laughs> this is cool. You know, for me, I mean, back to the, the positivity piece that that, 
is so important. And, and for me with my coaching practice that I love helping people tap into their, you know, figuring, getting, getting them to connect with what their strengths are. But this idea, you know, what I find is that a lot of people feel trapped in their lives. You know, they get in a rut and they feel, Oh, I, you know, I have a house. I have all these responsibilities. I have to, you know, work in this corporate job, but really they have these talents and strengths that if they could find things that made them more happy, you know, back to how Stella gets her groove back, right? Mm -hmm. This idea that if you are excited about, you know, at least 50% of your day, you know, I remember reading some of the Marcus Buckingham stuff, you know, earlier and, you know, talking about, okay, even in whatever job you're in, finding the parts of your job that light you up, you know, and, so bringing that positivity to play, even when I was in my corporate job, people would say to me, gosh, how is it that you're always the happy one on the conference call, you know, always having this glasses half full attitude. And I'm like, well, because if I had a glasses half empty attitude, I would be so depressed. I would never get out of bed. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. So that positivity piece is a lot of what really keeps me going um, all the time is thinking of you know, gratitude, you know, and where that comes into play and, and how that I really love the idea of the diversity. And that's part of why strengths resonates with me so much is we talked a little bit about this already, but, you know, looking at people and that we all have strengths and talents and, and that we're all diverse. And it's that diversity that I think makes us beautiful and, and can really part of my vision. I'm actually part of a, a nonprofit organization that's called, we are the solution. And it's all about bringing together people, resources, and ideas, um, and creating a world of collaboration instead of confrontation. I like this. I like this. This has been a really cool interview for me because yeah. um, a lot of the things that you mentioned really resonate with me. And and like you just said, if if I didn't come into work positive, uh, I would just never get out of bed. And I think some of the times, well, it was <laughs> you have a, a bed in your office, Sandy. No, but it was a tough transition for me out of the military after a decade plus of being in the military. When I I was depressed when I got out. I mean, that whole. You know, I, I left a very, a family, a team, a group, a defined structure of when I was supposed to be there and what I was supposed to do. And now I was in, as a civilian, I was trying to figure it all out all over again. And at 30 years old, it was kind of tough to think, okay, now what? And there was days where if I didn't wake up and put a smile on my face and head out the door and come into this office that I have and be positive about my future, I wasn't getting out of bed. <laughs> Right. And sometimes those days existed where my wife would say, come on, if you want to do, you want to build a business, if you want to do all this stuff, you got to go out there and do it. And, and just the fact that I was so depressed, it was hard for me to get that done. But once I right. developed, and this is why I'm so passionate about StrengthsFinder is because like you said, it's diversity. It's not about the, the assessment. It's not about the, it's the concept of strengths-based development and the, and the theories behind positive psychology to let everybody know, take some time and think about what you are good at. Stop worrying about everybody else. Look into yourself and, and start building a better version of you. That's why I like the assessment and that's why I like StrengthsFinder. Grace and I have had this conversation time and time again where I'm not married to the 34 themes. I'm married to the bigger picture, the 10,000 foot perspective of being able to slice out that time of day and think about who you naturally are. And that's what exactly. I get excited about. Yeah, I'm right there with you. 
and that I couldn't have said it better myself, Andy. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure you could journal it better than I could. But uh, but that's good. So hey, let's let's reel it back in. Come on, Andy, reel it back in. Um, so what advice as you become a coach and what and you use strengths in your practice and you tell people about this this assessment out there called the Strengths Finder, the Clifton Strengths Finder assessment? What would be one thing you would share with somebody, kind of an action step to do? As soon as they receive that top five, how do they start to now make this part of their life? That's a great question. And I've actually faced that with a coaching client that I had back in Atlanta who, you know, it actually took some convincing to get him to take the assessment, mm. you know, and I find this happens quite often that people say, oh, I've taken every assessment out there and I, you know, I don't want to do that. And so just trying to get them to be open-minded. So with this person, you know, he took the assessment and then looking at those top five, but helping convey, okay, as you said, Andy, this doesn't mean you don't have any other talents. This is the top five out of all 34. And what I try to do is encourage people to sit down and uh, journal about it in whatever way works for them, whether that's writing something or typing something out, you know, but looking at where in your life have the examples of these strengths appeared for you, like in the past six months or you know, thinking about if you could have the ideal career environment, because especially a lot of what I do is around career coaching, you know, helping people get unstuck, you know, from where they are. So using this, their strengths as a way to help them like catapult past that stuck place and saying, okay, looking at what's involved with these top five strengths and spending that time going inside, you know, and being um, introspective to look at how those strengths apply to where they are right then and how they can apply them to get where they want to go in the future. And, and I think just goal setting around that and, you know, coming up with an action plan, you know, as we said, it's like people think, Oh, it's a silver bullet. We're going to get, I get my report and then something magical happens. Well, the magic happens inside each one of us, mm -hmm. you know, when we sit and take the time to think, okay, now how does this apply to my action plan and what steps can I take? Yeah, no, mm -hmm. well said. Well said. Grace, do you have anything to add to that? Are you still um, soaking it all up? Yeah. <laughs> I do have one question. Yeah. Ati Govrovish Poruski? What is that? <laughs> do you speak Russian? <laughs> do you speak? That was awesome. Great job. Are you on Google Translator? Do you speak Russian though? Are you fluent? <laughs> So the, the Russian word for thank you is spasiba or Spasiba. very good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> See, this has been a, we've used different languages in this show. We've talked about different places. This is, this is exactly what this show was designed for. And when we talk about journaling and ways to express yourself, I selfishly will announce that I use this podcast kind of as a way to do that. I don't, I spend too much time in my own head and sometimes I want to invite people in. You know, it's mm -hmm. kind of like that new Disney movie, uh, Inside Out. You know, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, need, awesome. some, I yeah, need some yeah, different personalities awesome. <laughs> to come in and, and having each guest and grace. I love that interaction and I'll never stop doing this because there's times where I have these really rock solid interviews just like this one where I realize um, like Stephanie, you're going to be an amazing coach. There's no doubt about it. You've lived it. You've walked the walk and now you can help others. So I really wish you the best of luck moving forward. Thank you so much, Andy and Grace both. I've really enjoyed talking to you. And I absolutely get what you're saying about using the podcast as a way to connect and, you know, communicate and journal. I think it's awesome. Yeah. If you never need any help, if you're launching your own podcast or anything, just 
uh, give me a call. Let me know. And I'd be happy to help you. It's not as difficult as a lot of people perceive. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I really enjoy what you guys are doing and love your podcast and, and just happy to be connected. I look forward to staying in touch. Yeah. Likewise. Grace, you got anything too. before we close this out? I'm excited to check out uh, your website, Stephanie. Is it, um, what was the, what was the name of the website again? Yeah. So my blog is called Optimistic Chick. Optimistic Chick with a C, right? C-H-I-C? Yeah, right, okay. right. C-H-I-C. And then, yeah. And then Instagram is that Stesha. So S-T-E-S-H-A 100. And, um, yeah. And, those are the, and, and I'm also on Facebook, just as Stephanie Rogers. Um, but so yeah, I'm happy to connect with everyone and, um, really excited too about my own strengths journey in terms of continuing my coaching practice. So thank you guys for your ongoing inspiration. Yes. It was so wonderful to have you as our guest on the show. Thanks. All right, everybody. As always, this is your host, Annie Sikolovich and Grace, would you like to sign off? Say something really quick before we leave. I love being on the show. I can't wait to continue adding more episodes, but most of all, I'm just so appreciative of the guests like Stephanie coming on and sharing their experiences with us at completely brightens my day when I get to hear it. Yeah, it's been an amazing journey. And you too can follow along. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Just go ahead and visit UnleashedStrengths.com forward slash iTunes. You can also subscribe through RSS and other ways. All those links are on our website. I'm not going to exhaust some broadcast time talking about it. Um, but you can subscribe at Unleashed Strengths and get that free ebook, Five Steps to Kickstart in Your Top 5, written by yours truly. All right, everybody. Until next time, like I always say, stay addicted. Stay addicted.